0: Can we at some point find ourselves coming to him and saying, God, I'm going to believe you in a way that I have never believed you before. To see you do something that I've never seen you do before. See, when I've seen what he's already done, I come to him telling him how I want him to do it. Now, you know, I know you know, you know, you said you, you know, you know how you did Sister Smith. See, I mean, you know, touched her, you know, she went in, she got this done and she told her story. She told, God, I see how you can bless my life. Many times we think we know what's better for our lives, even more than God he has even more and better blessings than we could ever imagine. Pastor Martin continues his sermon series with today's message entitled According to Your Faith from Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. And let's listen as Pastor Martin explains. Summer of last year, God led us over here. We found out this place was for sale. And we had hope, we had faith, we had confidence. We've been saving the entire time that we were going. Cause we believe one day God was going to provide a permanent place. And when the door opened, we were able to walk right in. Thanks be to God. We've closed on this building last summer. We came in with joy in September and look at what God has done. Amen. Amen. So we are celebrating the fact that we didn't just make it. We are thriving and surviving. Amen i want to invite you because we're still, we're in a sermon series on faith. Is there anyone here that would say, Lord, I would, I need to increase my faith. I think we all would say that. Amen. Even at one point, the disciples made that specific request, Lord, increase our faith. So the reality of any community of believers is that faith is an important muscle, spiritual muscle that we must always be exercising and strengthening. And so we're in the midst of a sermon series this month because we are believing to see God who is able manifest and reveal himself in uncommon ways, amen? So I'm gonna invite you to to the Gospel of Saint Matthew, chapter nine, Matthew chapter nine. We're gonna begin our reading at verse 27. Uh, That's gonna be our primary place of context, but we will at one point uh, look a verse or two ahead to gain a sense of all that is necessary for us to understand God's blessing today. Our sermon series is entitled Faith for Uncommon Expectations. And we're holding to this sense of trusting God in ways that we've never trusted Him before to see him do things in our lives that we've never seen him do before. Because oftentimes, when it comes to faith, we believe that there are others who have great faith, and we feel that we have so little faith. But one of the premises that we've been working through is helping you to understand is that if you have faith enough to believe for salvation, you have all the faith you need and that the greatest part of your challenge is not whether or not you have enough faith. Faith should always be increased and you should continue to cultivate that faith, but our greatest battle is not with faith, it's with doubt. And so today we're going to take a look at an example that I believe will inspire us today. In this Gospel of Matthew, verses 27 through 30, the Word of God reads, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able, we just sung about that, to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and saying, according to your faith, Let it be done to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that you that no one knows it. You may be seated. The word of God is blessed. So the sermon title, we're going to take what Jesus said and use that to give title to the message today, according to your faith. Would you repeat that with me? According to your faith. Now, make it personal according to my faith. According to my faith. Because when we look here, we see that there's an example of faith being exhibited by the two blind men. And the key for this text, is that we understand that they came to Jesus and they needed something. Now, throughout their lives, we don't know their age and we don't know how long they would lived, but we can assume that having lived any time in this life, that they had had some other needs prior to this particular need, asking for healing for their blindness. And they had likely believed that they would have those needs supplied, but this was a bigger need. This was a greater need than any other need that they'd ever had. And ultimately, as we look here, we see that they come to this time, and they make their request known to Jesus. Now, Luke records in his gospel an actual case where the, where the disciples ask. Lord, as I've mentioned earlier, Lord, increase our faith. Now, it's it's impossible for us to to, uh, make the conclusion that this was a result of this particularly, but at a couple times, Jesus had actually said to them, oh, ye of little faith. But he also then had said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and if you've ever seen a mustard seed, I could put it on my finger and you wouldn't be able to see it from your seat. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And so we don't know if whether or not him, his, this indictment of their faith in saying, oh, ye of little faith, calls them to ask the question. But we do know they asked him, Lord, increase our faith. So the reality that we find is that each one of us feel the same way as the disciples of that day felt. We feel, God, I want to believe. I want to have more faith. I want to I trust you in big ways. I want to believe you to do something that is extraordinary. I want to believe you to do something that is uncommon because we shared this on Wednesday night that the reality is most of us kind of stay in that place of what's familiar. We're going to believe God for what we've seen God already do. But can we, at some point, find ourselves coming to him and saying, God, I'm going to believe you in a way that I have never believed you before, to see you do something that I've never seen you do before? Because the challenge when it comes to what's common is that when we come to God believing, we come with a game plan. See, when I've seen what he's already done, I come to him telling him how I wanted him to do it. Now, no, you know, I know you, knew, you, know, you said you had, you know, you know, how you did, Sister Smith. I mean, you know, touched her. You know, she went in, she got this done, and she told her story. She told, God, I see how you can bless my life. But the problem is, you cannot ask the doctor on what prescription you need to solve the issue. If you walked in and you said, Hey, doc, I know that you studied for for several years, and it took you all your time, your residency, and you spent a lot of time learning a lot of things. But let me just tell you, here's what I need you to do. I need you to prescribe me some of these and some of this, and I need you to also give me that. He He or she would say, "Okay, Seems like you already got it figured out, so why are we here? So ultimately, when we we stay in the space of what's common, we oftentimes come to God and we have some game plans that we have, and so when it doesn't work out, we start to lose heart. Because if I believe that as I pray, he's going to do it in three months, he never said three months, but I'm thinking three months. So then when three months start winding down, Lord, where you at? When are you going to do it, Jesus? Because ultimately, faith is our ability to step out not knowing what the next step will be. Abram, when he was in his place of comfort in Ur, God speaks to him and says, Get thee out of thy father's house, leave thy country. He says, get thee out, then I will show you. Notice how oftentimes we come to the place of trusting God. We come and say, God, I want you to tell me what you're going to do. You ain't got to tell me all of the details, but give me something. Give me something to go on here. But faith is our willingness to step out, not know where the next step is. Because it's in that continued walking that we trust that God, wherever you lead me, I'll follow, and whatever you do, I'll be blessed. I asked you this question last week. I asked, did you have crumbly faith? Crumbly faith, because last week we looked at a young, at the the woman who who came and asked Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, listen, he says, it's not going to be good for me to throw the, food, the, the children's food to the dogs. But the woman had crumby faith. Not crummy faith, crumbly, Crumb-based faith. Because she said, even Lord, the dogs sitting under the table eat the crumbs off the master table. He said, she said, if you just give me some crumbs, I'll be all right. Because ultimately, faith is not trying to figure out how he's going to do it. It's just concerning itself with trusting that he's able to do it. So Jesus emphasized when he said this to them, according to your faith, what he was doing was emphasizing the essential nature of faith. You you need faith in every area of your life. If you have challenge in your relationship, you need faith to believe that God is able to touch the other person's heart while he's touching your heart and bring about resolution. If you have a job and you are believing for a promotion, you have to have faith to believe that if you continue to work faithfully and do what you need to do, because ultimately all the faith in the world is not going to negate the fact that you don't never show up on time. He's a just God. He ain't going to give you the promotion and you're the last one in. Your work, ha- you know, you work at typos. You don't never get in on, you made a deadline since you've been there. <laughs> but faith to believe that God, even when they don't see what I am doing, I'm doing it as unto you, and you will honor the fact that I am doing it as unto you, and I'm faithfully doing it, and that they will not pass me over. So, when we think about faith in every area of our life, it's important to understand that when we talk about faith, there's going to be some moment in your life where what you need God to do, you have not heard that He's done it before. Because in the moments in which I'm believing you, God, to see you do something I've never seen you do before. I'm actually placing uncommon expectations at your feet. We've said earlier, we started the year by saying that God was impressing on my heart to share with with you all that we should have for the year of 2023, uncommon expectations. To live this year believing God to do something uncommon in us through us and among us now the importance of that is is is, is key to the fact that we're saying there's an emphasis of the essential nature of faith that's a key point in all of this that faith is essential And, and i encourage you because when you have believed god for salvation you have the makings of great faith Because when you think about faith to believe God for salvation, that in and of itself is a miracle. Salvation is a miracle unto you. So if I say to you, hey, has anyone ever seen a miracle? You can say, yeah, you're looking at it. Because it had to be God's grace to allow me to be called a son of God, a child of God, a daughter of God. Why? Because I know what I am. Oh, I know what I used to be. Know Know how thick-headed I was, how independent, I'm going to do it my own way. I know what I used to be, so to see that God is working even on me, wait a minute, that he had enough grace to even bother with me. Because if some of us would be truthful, we would say, I was a scoundrel. Thanks be to God who showed me mercy and grace, saving me and then giving me this privilege to be called a child of God, allowing me to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now I want to share something with you because there's something that that must be shared when we talk about the essential nature of faith because the writer of Hebrews actually put it in such terms that says he spoke of faith in such a high regard that he said in in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Wait a minute. As children of God, we want to please our heavenly Father, but he says that, He doesn't get excited about just wanting stuff. He gets excited about faith. And then the writer goes on to say that he or she who comes to God must believe that he is, and here's the key, and that he rewards those who diligently seek. Wait a minute. He doesn't say you don't have to even catch up with him. He says, as long as you're diligent in your seeking of him, he rewards that. Yes, or you miss him because you have been wanting more faith. And he says, but I just want you to continue to just diligently seek me. And I reward the diligent in their seeking. Because some things you may never be able to believe for, but you can keep on seeking. And he says, I reward because you are a seeker. So this is something important that I hope that you take from today. This is is an important note because the one thing that we, as we talk about uncommon faith, I want you to know that uncommon expectations must be shrouded in faith. You must shroud your expectations in faith. To shroud me, to surround with, to cover with. Because it's in that expectation that you are act- activating or igniting your faith. Because last week we talked we talk about Jesus saying, according to your faith, and last week we, sh- we shared Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 where it says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or that's where your expectation comes from. your thinking. So he says, according to the power working in us. And we shared last week that that is your faith. The power working in you is your faith. Now there's four things. As we talk about this today, there are four keys to uncommon expectation. There's four keys to uncommon expectation because as we talk about believing God in new ways, it's important to understand the key in believing Him. So the first one is you have to make sure you empower your faith by hearing the Word of God. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word. And it's important because oftentimes the Bible is what we hear the least of. You realize this, you can sing a song, you can sing a song that you, 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 that that they played at your high school prom, and we had the words on the screen to the worship song, you couldn't figure that one out. You still got it, you still got it, yeah, secret love. (laughs) You can still remember that all these years later. But they flashed the words, the Lord. <laughs> so the key is, he says, we gotta we empower our faith by hearing. The next thing is that we must act upon faith in believing. Because faith actually has corresponding actions that follow. If you say I believe, then there's something that's gonna follow that is according to what you believe. Number three. It's important to understand when we talk about uncommon expectations that you must also endure in confidence in God. Because as I said earlier, sometimes we have a timetable that we believe God is gonna do it in a certain amount of time. When he doesn't do it, we may not hold on. And then the fourth key to uncommon expectations is that we must affirm faith in God's ability. Now I'm gonna show you that in this text, all four of those are evident in these two blind men. Let's look at verse number 27 because these men uh, – I'm sorry, we're going to need to go before 27 because the, the first key is that they heard something. The first thing is they heard. Remember we said you gotta, a, your faith has to be empowered by hearing. Let's look at verse 26. It says, and the report of this went out in all of the land. They heard about what Jesus did. You know what they heard about? If you slide up further, you find out that he had healed the woman with the issue of blood. He had healed Jairus' daughter. And the Bible says that the report of what he did went out in all of the land, and so the blind men heard about Jesus and what he had done and what he could do so their faith was empowered by what they heard. So when Paul says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, he says, not so then, he concludes that faith comes by hearing and hearing. He says, comes by hearing, and then he repeats it by saying, and hearing, meaning that you can't just hear it one time, you have to keep hearing it. You got to keep hearing and hearing. I hear and then I hear. Because in that same 10th chapter of Romans, in verse 14, Paul says it this way. He says, "So, so then, how can they call on him whom they don't believe, and how can they believe on him whom they've not heard of? Faith comes by hearing because we hear what God has done, and we're reminded of his power and his ability, and it empowers our faith to believe. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Here's something else to note because you have to be intentional about guarding. When you're believing God, you got to be intentional about guarding what you hear. You are trusting God to do something that you've not seen Him do before. You have to make sure you're careful about those who come and say, "Well, it didn't work out for Sue." I know you believe in God and everything. We and we praying with you, but but you know she she was believing and. You see what happened to her? We have to be careful because faith is coming by hearing. And guess how doubt comes as well? By hearing as well. So I have to be intentional, God, I'm trusting you and I'm going to continue to feed my faith through your word. This is important because, and I think it's, it's evident that what we hear affects what we believe, right? You heard somebody say something and you believed it before you checked it out. You ever done that? I did. I was standing, a well, member called me and said, hey, uh, you know, such and such is in, in the hospital on, and hear here, here these words, on death's door. So I said, oh, Lord, boy, so I stand, as a church, uh, we need to be praying for, Sister Johnson, because she's on death's door. Somebody said, Well, I just saw Sister Johnson yesterday. (laughs) That's all you did? uh, You go visit her in the hospital? No, they released her yesterday morning. Because we hear something and we believe it before we check it. So you have to be careful about what you believe, because what we believe, what we hear, we believe it affects that. So it's important for us to be careful because we don't want to entertain those who who go to talking about it didn't work out for somebody else. I'm believing God to do something for me. Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. It's important because there is a, a key to believing. They believed, but they acted in belief. Look at verse 27, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy. I want you to see something. Jesus is walking. These men are blind, but he allows them to keep following. He didn't stop and say, Well, they're blind, let me get to them. Because notice, to follow him, they have to labor to do that because they cannot see. They continue to follow him because as they're following him, they're acting on their faith. They're believing. I said, faith has corresponding actions. Lord, I believe, and I'm going to act upon that, trusting that you're able. You kept walking. Because if we're gonna have faith, the same writer of Hebrews said, faith is the substance of things I'm hoping for, the evidence of things I don't even see. So my expectation rests in the fact that it is all I've got. Faith is substance. It's the thing that I'm holding to when I don't see any action. Or what seemed to be no reaction. Jesus help us. He keeps walking. We saw that last week. The woman says, Jesus, my daughter needs help. He ignores her. Because faith is to be acted upon, I'm going to believe you and trust you. Now, I want to stop because it's important Because this note, if you don't get this, don't get anything else in the message, get this. There's a difference between believing and wishing. There is a difference between believing and wishing. You ever seen a wishing whale? They tell you, if you toss some coins in there you you and make a wish, it comes, comes true. It's important to understand the difference between wishing and believing because believing includes faith and confidence in God's ability. But wishing includes desire to have but may not necessarily have any faith in it. God, I, would you do it? God, would you, would you please click my heels three times? If <laughs> I jump around, spin around. You've been in the service that said, jump up, spin around three times. God, i going to do it. And you sat down and he hadn't done it. Because there's a difference between wishing and believing. God is not responding to wishing. He responds to faith. Because this gospel message we preach is a gospel of faith. And I know that faith gets a lot of, uh, you get, there are those who use it in, in, to, to gain and try to teach faith to get you to be reckless and do things that, that, that are, that are uh, beyond what we can find in Scripture at times. Or stretching of scripture to make it fit. Somebody was trying to bless me, Brother Jerome. They gave me a book. They said, Pastor Martin, I know you like teaching on faith. Here's a book you need to read. I said, Oh, man, okay. When I looked at the title. I said, I don't need to read this. The title was, Put Your Mouth on It. Now, you could can, can apply, you could. Can, can, if you let your mind run, you can have a... <laughs> you you think about God in that moment. Put your mouth on it. it look, this just how you say it. Put your mouth on it. Ooh. So I'm really going put your mouth on it. What does this mean? How does this help encourage faith? Well, it, the premise of the book was just, just whatever you say, just say stuff. That's wishing, it's not faith. You know something stuff come out of your mouth that you don't even think about, don't it? You ever promise somebody you could, you're going to do something that you know you, that you later on thought, I can't even do that, can I? <laughs> Made promises you couldn't keep. I wish I could do it. You, you couldn't because you did <laughs> So there's a difference between wishing and believing. The third one they endured. Because we say we have endurance in your confidence in God, look at verse 28. Jesus then started dealing with them To he had went all the way into the house. They followed him and then had to follow him into the house. Verse 28, 8, it says, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came. He kept walking, they followed him to the house, and then they followed him into the house because they endured in their confidence in his ability. Now, whenever you start believing God, you're gonna have something, and I want you to repeat this because it's not, I, don't, I haven't coined this phrase, but it is my phrase. <laughs> you're gonna have what we call doubt creep. <laughs> when you you're trusting God, Doubt's gonna come creeping in. It may not flood you right off the bat because you're excited about believing God, but it's gonna creep in because here's the definition of creep. It is to move slowly and carefully in order to avoid being noticed. (laughs) You believe in God, I'm trusting God to do something for me. And doubt starts moving in Slowly, to be unnoticed. And before you know, you're like, "Lord, where you at?" Doubt creep. Say that with me. Doubt creep. Believing and having great expectation has to always stand watch for doubt creeping to come in to cause us to say, "Where you at?" James, because this is important, because James chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, I want to read this for you before I close. He says, but let him ask in faith, talking about making a request to God. Specifically, this is referring to, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it freely. But it says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And then he says, and let that man, that woman, that person, let them not think they will receive anything. You've been wondering why those things that you were trusting and believing God didn't come to to bear, because doubt crept in. And you moved from believing to just wishing you kept praying, but you were just wishing, but rather than believing. And James says, when doubt creeps in and it overcomes faith, he says, we become like the wind. One day, God can do it. Next day, I hope he's going to do it. Yeah. I think he can do it. Well, he did it before. He can do it again. We're just on life support at that point. He says, let that man not think. So he says, believe and not doubt. The fourth one and the final one, they affirmed their faith. If you're trusting God and believing him, at some point he's gonna want you to affirm what you believe. Look at what Jesus does for these young men. In verse, the the B portion of that 28th verse, he says, and Jesus said to them, do you believe? A moment of reckoning where he says, I know you're believing. I know you put your faith out there. You're trusting me. But he's going to come back and say, do you still believe? They had already shown by faith they had followed him, followed him into the, followed him to the house, followed him into the house, and they were believing the whole time, and they get to Jesus, and he says, do you believe that I can do it? And they affirmed it by saying, yes, Lord we believe. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.